All right, and welcome to another edition of the Jazz Nation podcast. My name is Daniel. I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the admin of those pages that you're following online through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, maybe one day YouTube, possibly, but we can find the links for all those places in one simple spot. Just go to linktree.com forward slash Jazz Nation News. With me, like he is occasionally, but sometimes always, is the assistant to the host. His name is Will Wonder. How are you doing today, sir? You know, I'm okay. Um, I'm happy that we got an extra hour of sleep. I'm happy my Magic beat the Warriors, but then they lost to the Kings not too shortly after that. And my Washington Commanders had really two bonehead plays to lose against the Vikings today about, oh, I don't know, 15 minutes before we started recording. So I'm up and down. You know, I've been delivering these Will WonderPod hoodies. People are loving them, so that's been great. But, uh, you know, it's mixed emotions today. Yeah. That was a long answer. I was not expecting that. I guess that's what happens when you're chugging down an energy drink. But, uh, okay, mm-hmm. glad glad you're still with us today. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the past week of jazz games. Oh, also, I would like to mention on this week's uh, podcast, we actually have an interview. Well, I did an interview. Oh, so we'll have that coming up after we do our whole prediction stuff here. But I was able to interview, uh, for those of that follow on Jazz Twitter, you know him as Mr. At Jazz Uni Tracker. He's also the same on Instagram. He doesn't get on Instagram as much, but on Twitter. So very interesting conversation with him. He uh, tells a story that he got to see the whole rebranding and the jerseys and give his two cents on them before they even leaked out. So really cool information from him. Listen to that on this podcast coming up shortly. But before we get to that, let's do our recap of this past week. Um, The Jazz played three games this past week, and it feels like this first game was like forevers ago. That would be when they played the Memphis Grizzlies uh, for the second time. And this time, Jaw played, Jaw Morant, if you know him so kindly. But Mm. the Jazz still were (laughs) able to get the win. 121 to 105 was the final score. Um, let's check the box score here. Well, you wouldn't be surprised to know that Larry Marketing led the Jazz with 31 points, 11 <laughs> rebounds, two assists, one steal, and how about four blocks too? Man, that guy is good. Um, right behind him, all star, all star. You might say, you might Maybe. say an all star. I've been uh, praising that. Yes, right behind him, uh, coming up finally, Malik Beasley. I haven't heard much from him as far as being, you know, kind of one of the top scorers, but here he is with 18 points. And someone that's been kind of under the radar, I feel like, has been Mike Conley. He's having a fairly good season. He finished with 15 points and five assists. Um, what should we see? What uh, John Morant finished with? Wow, he finished with. Oh, he had a points. lot. It was the rest of the team that didn't really do much for him. Now, was this? <laughs> it's it's hard to remember because it does feel like this game was forever ago. Was this the game that Dylan Brooks was just being the ultimate? Might you say jackass? I believe it was. He, I feel like that's. Um, I like. No, no, I'm going to say this. I like Dylan Brooks, but I feel like um, that's him every game, and especially against the Jazz. Well, did you get to watch? Did you get to watch this game? Do you remember this game? Because there was he was just he was like pure. He, he was enjoying it. He was mouthing with the crowd. He was just yeah, full on Dylan Brooks in it. But uh, any memories from this game you would like to talk about? Uh, I think the biggest thing is, I mean, you can even just see it in the box score, but is the lack of scoring outside of John ja Morant for uh, for Memphis. But Utah played a, a really good game. Again, you had Laurie Markkinen just delivering. Actually had a really good three-point percentage this game, which isn't hasn't been like his thing. 
Uh, Clarkson seemed a little off, but it really didn't matter. I mean, they they led the whole way. It didn't feel like it was ever going to be close. Yeah, and we've talked about this, how this Jazz team just feels so different because it's just like the whole team. It doesn't matter one person. Like you were saying, where the exactly. Grizzlies, the Grizzlies, you know, Jaw had 37 and right behind him was all the way to Dylan Brooks with 19 points where we go to the, and then nobody, I mean, this is crazy. The next person was just Jones at 12 and then everyone else, nobody else is in double digits. And yeah. Then the, and then the Jazz, you know, we had Laurie Markner at 31, but then there's also Clarkson had 11, Conley had 15, Beasley had 18, Colin Sexton even had 15, and Taylor Horn Tucker, 13. So, mm-hmm. man, it's, it's great, man. I can't remember what game it was, but after one of these games this past week, I finally I tweeted out and said, you know what, I just don't know what to make of this team anymore. Like, they, you know, obviously coming into the season, I had very little hopes, like most of us, and I've just been on this whole, we've got all these picks, where it is what it is, it's probably going to be a crappy season, but it is just bonkers. Every game is just crazy to watch and see these points and things. It's just... I just don't know what to think anymore. As a jazz fan, my brain is just warped. Yeah. Um, as a non-jazz fan, my brain is warped. I mean, I don't think, and there was, and you know what, the players can say what they want. Um, but I don't think there was anybody anywhere thinking that the jazz would be this good through 10 games. Um, but they are. And I think quite possibly they will be in the playoffs. <laughs> It's just crazy. I'm not, I'm not ready for that yet. No, we'll get to that here no, when we no, get finished all these games. But um, let's 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 wrap up this week of games first, and then we get into more things like that. Got so, it. the the Jazz leave home and start a mini road trip, starting off in Dallas. And this was a close game, very fun game. This one kind of had like almost like you know, it feels early to say this, but almost like a playoffy vibe. Like both teams, you could tell, were mm-hmm. fighting and wanted the W in this. But in the end, Dallas came through and got the win. And look at this low scoring game. 103 to 100. Crazy. The Jazz Ooh. barely got to 100 points. Man, the, I got to tell you, man, this game, Luca was just looking it up. Like within like the first 10 minutes, he was probably already in double digits. He'd already complained about 20 times. And I think had the Jazz in foul trouble. Like he was amazing. Like he's the type of player that you probably, we all hate playing against because there's his whole thing he does. But I'm mm-hmm. sure how the Mass fans love him. Like, I cannot imagine. The dude finished with 33 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds, and 2 steals. That's that's bonkers. Um, yeah. For the Jazz, let's see. Would you like to take a guess who it was that had the heightened scoring game? That was JC, I believe. It was. He came back. JC, you said he didn't do good last game. You heard you. He there finished he was. with 22 <laughs> points, 5 rebounds, and 8 assists. So sharing the ball there. Larry Marketing finished with 14 points, seven rebounds. Colin Sexton also had a good game, finishing with 19 points. And good old Conley's right there with 11 points and eight assists. Um, like I said, this was just a fun game. I mean, it did give like an early playoff vibe feeling, but um, yeah, I mean, it just seemed like Dallas was able to finish off there in the end. And maybe that showed that they have just that slight advantage of experience that they could finish it off. I don't know. Anything you remember from this game? Well, I had to catch this game on the replay. <clears throat> I was uh, at a three-on-three alumni basketball tournament, hurting my back and legs and arms and every you know body part. But um, yeah, I mean, Luca was Luca, and he's been that way all season so far. Through I think they've played almost ten games as well. He's been playing amazing. Christian Wood off the bench, and you know, I talked about Christian Wood the last time we re- we recorded. 
somehow he's having, I mean, they've found him as a six man and he's doing really well. Dinwiddie played well outside of that. No one really did much for, for Dallas, but I think you look at Laurie Markkinen, 0 for 4 from 3, 14 points. That may be your answer right there because he's kind of leaned on now through the first 10 games to be either the number one or number two guy, and he just didn't really show up in this game, which is fine. People are going to have off games, but that would be some of the things that I noticed in watching the uh, the replay or the re- rewatch on the, what was it, League Pass. And maybe the other thing we need to see, start keeping track of is uh, good old Kelly Olenek and his fouls. He only finished with six points in this game and had five fouls, so he was in foul trouble yeah. yet again. You know who didn't have a foul in this game? V8. V8? No fouls for that guy. Shout out. <laughs> what the hell? And he had 15 <laughs> points, six rebounds and three assists, and a steal, so good on him. And a block, so he's doing good there. So, all right, let's go on to the next game. The Jazz continue the road trip this time in sunny Los Angeles. And boy, when the last game we said was a low-scoring game, this on the this other was hand was stupid. not. This was the stupid. Jazz, the Jazz were a hundred <laughs> points within the third quarter. I couldn't believe yeah. it. So the Jazz win this game, one thirty to one sixteen. Although, if you're watching this game outside of Utah, you probably had no idea that the Jazz were winning because, you know, like like always happens when you play the Lakers, they love to show the Laker highlights. You know, stupid Russ rocking the baby and all that crap. But once the game's <laughs> over and the Lakers actually lost. And shout out to the Laker fans booing their own team at the end of the game when that horn went off. They they were giving it to them. But yeah, we're but not happy. No no tweets to be shown that night that they had lost, only celebrating the dunks and all that. Jazz win. <laughs> let's see, led by Laurie Markman with wait, what? Oh the Jazz, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, Russ. I think it's the Lakers. Wow. Are you sorry. in this bizarre world where he actually did get traded to the Jazz? That hasn't happened. <laughs> Uh, Larry Markin led the Jazz with 27 points, 13 rebounds, four assists, one steal, one block. My goodness, that is all-star numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Kelly Olenek, 18 points, four rebounds, three assists, one steal, and only four fouls. Way to go, Kelly. Um, also, Clarkson had a great game with 20 points. There's an amazing photo that one of the Jazz photographers got, if you haven't seen it, where it's Clarkson dunking the ball, and below him it's Russ and LeBron just looking so confused on what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think Davis is in the picture too. It's a great it, picture. It's an amazing photo. I'm sure a lot of Jazz fans are posting that into their offices as we speak. Um, I mean, my thoughts on this game, this could just be me being a sour Jazz fan, but it really is annoying. It's like how, you know, watching Twitter or watching highlights on Instagram and stuff, you would have thought that the Lakers were just destroying this game and things like that. But once the final score actually happens, there is no post to be shown. <laughs> Which, you know, if the Lakers had won, they would have been celebrating the hell out of it. There would have been post galore. I, I don't know. That just annoys the crap out of me. What Your thoughts <laughs> as the non-Jazz fan, you be a little bit more realistic on your thoughts in this game. I watched this whole game, and I could not believe how awful the Lakers' defense is. Like, I haven't, been able, I haven't watched a whole Lakers game all season, and obviously I've watched Jazz games. And the Lakers' defense, my God, the Jazz were just capitalizing off of everything. Um, there's a big, big problem in LA for these guys. And, you know, I'm turning into what you hate right now, talking about the Lakers and a jazz win, but it's just incredible how bad this team is for the jazz. On the other hand, uh, marketing, especially in the first half, like he kind of cooled down a little bit in the second half, but he looked so good in that first half. Um, same Clarkson had a good game as well. And Sexton off the bench. It was, it was just like an all around ball movement, team win 
I mean, there was never a moment. I think the Lakers at one point got within six or seven. But uh, you never felt like the Lakers were going to do anything because they would have to make these big runs. They'd be gassed, and then the Jazz would just go back to doing what they were doing. So good win for the Jazz in, in L.A. And, yeah, I, I just, I'm just floored with how bad the Lakers are. And for the first time ever, LeBron James looked like Father Time was kind of catching up. Oh, it was yeah. either that or he was just so pissed off that he just didn't didn't try. I, I think know. there was a stat, if I recall right, that this was LeBron's first game against the Jazz where he did not score in like the first quarter. I believe that's what it was. Um, so mm. that was kind of amazing. And also something that happened this game, I feel like this was the first game where we saw pissed off Coach Hardy. There was a play when... Oh, yeah. I can't oh, remember yeah. what, what player it was, but somebody basically just got the ball all the way from all the other side of the court and drove all the way down. It was Westbrook. No, like nobody... Got, no, it wasn't Westbrook. It was somebody else. It might have been Lonnie Walker. But anyways... Oh, that's correct. When he got the dunk, Westbrook yeah, was in. But yeah, dunked right. it all yep. And no one was even got in front of him. And Coach Hardy's called timeout right away. And apparently one of the Jazz reporters is there and heard him. He was yelling out the F words. And at first, oh, he yeah. thought he, at first he thought he was going toward a ref. But he, as soon as the players walked by, he turned right to his players. And he was right yelling in their at their face. He was like, oh, yeah. he can't. He was losing his shit right there. That was great. Because in his interviews, <laughs> he always seems so calm and you know low spoke and stuff. But there it was. He finally yeah. just broke out and said, oh. So good to Coach Hardy to kind of show his uh, I got my mean side going on too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he held everyone accountable because, yeah, I remember that time out and he's yelling. I'm like, damn, who's he yelling at? And then he just follows all five guys yeah. <laughs> yelling at them. That was great. It was funny uh, too because like my... the players oh, who weren't in there, you could tell they just kind of like, you know, a lot of times they get close and want to hear in, but they were like kind of back. They were like, uh, I think that's them that he's talking to right now. Let's just yeah. hang back here for a moment. Come on, come on, guys. Yeah, come on. We're good. We're fine. Um, one thing my wife pointed out, uh, she was when we were watching the game, is his uh, – this is non-basketball related. His eyelashes are very dark. And hmm. she was like, does he wear eyeliner? I'm like, I don't think so, but maybe. Maybe it's a, you know what I mean? Maybe you know, it's he, a new thing for he, him. He's in our age range, so he did go through the emo stage of yeah, music. That's what, know, yeah, that's so, hmm. what – I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. We'll, get on, we'll get somebody on that. We're going to have to look into that. Eyelash yeah. department. Look into that. Yeah. Whatever it is. Makeup. Um, wow, I never thought about that. All right. So the Jazz are, as we're recording this right now, the Jazz are continuing their road trip, still in L.A., but today they'll be playing the Clippers of Los Angeles. Um, so Goodness. we don't have a score for that right now. I'm going to come back later on at the end of this podcast and give you a recap on that who won. But at this current time, that game will be happening tonight. For the Jazz, um, let me pull up the injury report tonight. I believe... I got you right here. The we only got update Balmaro was... is out. Yeah. So that's the only thing. And, and uh, well, V8, it says day to day. He's questionable. Yeah. And then yeah. for the Clippers, of course, Kawhi's not going to play. Out. And then there was somebody else not playing too. Covington and Luke Kennard are both out as yeah. well. So who knows? Uh, we'll see, I guess. Come back with you guys on that one for a score. Um, did we get predictions on that game last week? We did. Yep. We went through Sunday. Yes, All right. we did. Well, let's look forward to this coming week. And look at this. It starts right away tomorrow on Monday with a familiar face, the Lakers of Los Angeles. This is a home game. And I don't know. I Right off the top of my head, I'm going to do a quick look. I think this is the only time the Lakers come to Utah this year, as crazy as that sounds, because usually they come at least Doesn't twice. Sound... Yeah. Right? Wait, hold on, hold on. Oh, nope. They come. Okay. They come again. They have to come twice. Their only other game, but it's like one of the last games. It's the third to mm -hmm. last home game. So that's kind of crazy. Like you get them this hmm. early and then you don't play them again until the end of the season. So honestly, 
We don't know at this current time if LeBron or AD are going to play, but I would say you have a better chance of seeing them in that Monday game than probably the, by the end of the season game for sure. So Ugh, yeah, you're yeah. into seeing those guys and, you know, respect to the league and the LeBron history. You know, I've gotten a couple of times to see him, but if you're out there listening and you're young. This, you might want to see him while you still can who the, who knows how much more the guy's got in the tank. So, um, right. And they're they're as we're recording this, they're playing right now. So, you would, th- I mean, who knows tomorrow? You think LeBron would play, right? Was he was he playing today? I don't know. Is he? He's he's playing right now. Yeah, it's at halftime okay. against the Cavs. They're up on the Cavs uh, at the moment at halftime. Man, speaking of the Cavs, you know, shout out to former Jazz man Donovan Mitchell. He is killing it. Right, it's almost he's like, got some MVP type numbers this season. It's so almost far. like the Donovan that we used to love in Utah when he was like a rookie in his first two years, and he had so much energy and hype. You know, remember that Donovan? He's like, oh, back, he is, he's back to that status. Yeah. It's out of this world what he's doing over there. And they, the Cavs look great. Uh, you can't say so much for Rudy Gobert out there oh, in boy. Minnesota. It's, it's a little bit of rift on that team. Anthony Edwards already, I believe, twice has said, you know, I can't, uh, if we go small, I, I feel like we play better when we go small or something to that effect. And uh, yeah, so that would mean, you know, Gobert and Cat. Uh, not playing, <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, yeah, not going yeah. so well out there in Minnesota. Not going so well there. Um, I haven't kept up on the Pistons. Is Boyan still doing good at the Pistons? Are they still somewhat decent? I mean, they're not good, but he's doing well. They're, they're, okay. they're, uh, tied with my magic for last place in the East, but wow. Boyan's doing just fine. And he yeah. did just get a contract extension. So congratulations to him. But, but I did see mm-hmm. that even though he got a contract extension, he is still trade eligible. So, you know, mm-hmm. who knows what the Pistons want to do once we get to close to trade deadline. I mean, that is going to be, a, if they want to trade him, he'll be a highly wanted trade piece for a lot of teams. Oh, for so. sure. For sure. All right. Well, let's look forward to this week as we kind of started there. The Jazz start the week at home on Monday against the Lakers. Um, this, I mean, so both teams basically are playing back-to-back, and crazy enough, they're both traveling from Los Angeles to Salt Lake. Although, uh, wait, right? The Lakers are at home. They have to be at home if they're playing right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, Man, that's crazy. Those poor people that work at the arena, that means they're doing a game right now, got to switch the floor, and then clean everything up for a game. That Wow, those are some hardworking guys and gals there. <laughs> uh, anyways, so they're both playing it back-to-back, coming from L.A., so no concern there. I will give this W to the Jazz because it just feels like the Lakers on back-to-backs are probably going to be even harder to come back on than the Jazz. What say you? Yeah, the Jazz will win. The The, the Lakers are awful. It's it's impressive to see guys that are on that team and how bad that team is. Like we all knew that the pieces that they added in the off season weren't going to really amount to much, but I they may they might be worse than they were last year, which is saying a lot. So well, yeah, I mean, I'll go uh, Utah. It's like they've they've put in so much on those three guys and it hasn't worked out, and then they've just not given them any pieces around them. I mean. LeBron's at his age; he needs pieces around him. So, I mean, if well, when like you they, when you when you're given big fired. minutes, when you're given minutes to, and you know, all these guys are better than any Joe Schmo or anyone at Lifetime or anyone you know playing in some of these foreign leagues uh, overseas. But like Wenyan Gabriel getting decent minutes, Austin Reeves getting over twenty minutes, like. Lonnie Walker starting and getting thirty plus minutes a game, like you're not gonna win when those guys are getting big time minutes. That just is what it is. And and honestly, the Lakers beat the Pelicans 
that last uh, second three to put it in overtime by Matt Ryan. Yeah, not the Falcons or Colts Matt Ryan, but but Matt Ryan from Chattanooga College. Um, yeah, they're just bad. Just a bad, bad team. But his shot didn't win the game. That just got him into overtime. Into overtime. Yep, yeah, so. exactly. Anyway, so there's that game, and that's a small trip home because then they hit the road heading out east. On Wednesday, mm-hmm. they start the road trip in Atlanta. Um, man, I am doing really crappy as far as keeping an eye on other teams, so I have no idea how the Hawks tell. are doing. How, can yep, you have any idea how they're doing? Uh, they're pretty good. Like they're six and three. They've they've gotten a little. It seems like they've kind of figured thing figured things out. Excuse me. Um, more recently, like they lost to the Bucks. Bucks are a good team. Lost to the Raptors, but then have had some pretty decent games since then beating um, the Knicks. And then today or yesterday, excuse me, they beat the Pelicans in overtime. I think everyone saw when (laughs) Trey young was turning and ran into the brick wall that is Zion and his glasses fell off and he wanted to fight him for a half a second, then realized who he had ran into. And Zion was like, come on, I'm just standing here. Uh, But they have another game against the bucks Monday and then, you know, have a day off and then play the jazz uh, you want me to give my prediction after I gave that whole spiel right there on how Atlanta is? Give it to us. This is going to be a tough game f- for Utah. I can see this being a game where, because you have DeJounte Murray and Trey Young on top of that. The the Hawks are fairly deep. DeAndre Hunter, uh, John Collins. I'm going to say that Atlanta gets this one. And that's not, no knock to the Jazz, but going into Atlanta... I just think it's kind of tough to play there. And you always know Trey Young can really, really go off. And Atlanta's a team that, similar to Utah, there's a lot of, I mean, obviously Trey Young's their number one guy, but there's a lot of guys on that team that can play and and they tend to move the ball pretty well. Yeah, I think I will go with Atlanta on this one. Um, Yeah. I think this, is, this will be a closer game, and then all of a sudden it feels like at the end Atlanta's going to kind of pull away. So probably be another one of those games where it's going to be the first one to 150 is going to win. So <laughs> we're both going with Atlanta on that. All right, then the Jazz get a couple days off as they make their road trip to Washington, D.C. to play the Wizards of Washington on Saturday. Um, how's Washington looking this season? Somehow they're 4-5. and five. Um but I don't. I don't feel like Washington's a good team. You know, you get to go. You get to watch Kyle Kuzma, Bradley Beal, Porzingis. But they're not a good team by any means. This is a. This is a game that I think Utah should be able to win, unless you know somehow Bradley Beal goes off. But yeah, I. I don't think Washington's a very good team. All right, so you're taking the Jazz as your pick, correct? Yeah. And you know what? I will follow along with you. I feel like this will be a jazz win in Washington. You know, they get a couple days off or rest there and travel, so they have no reason not to. So and this is I, a back-to-back, or excuse me, no, it's not. Uh, they have a game Thursday. Whoop, slip of the tongue there. Go ahead. <laughs> watch yourself there. And uh, to finish out this little mini road trip, the jazz on the following day head to Philadelphia to play the 76ers of Philly. Um, how's Philadelphia looking so far this season? Well, James Harden's out for a while. Oh, sorry. Uh, trying to think exactly how long that is, like f- six weeks, I believe they said. I mean, Embiid was sick this last game, didn't play. I'm assuming he'll be back. 
for this game. They're four and six right now. They've had kind of a weird season. I think Doc Rivers could be one of those guys where if this doesn't pick up for uh, Philly, he's gone. And I'm kind of surprised he's not gone already uh, after last season. But with that said, I feel like this could be a game where Joel Embiid asserts his dominance and uh, in Philly, the Jazz lose. Wow. So you, so we've agreed on everything up to this point, because I will actually say the Jazz are going to surprise and get the win on this one. Mm. Uh, I don't know why. It just feels like the Jazz are going to come out of this road trip with only one loss and two victories, say I. So I will go against you on that. And then just looking ahead after that, we're not going to give our prediction on this, but I, we've talked about this last one, but a very hard schedule for the Jazz coming up this November. So... Actually, this is a so they Sunday they're in Philadelphia, fly home, then they have a game on Tuesday at home to play the Knicks. Um, funny story here: this game originally was supposed to be on TNT because they, you know everyone thought there was going to be a trade. That trade didn't happen, so now <laughs> the game is no longer on TNT. So oh, just, come on, the, the Jazz have by the way zero games on TNT this season now. So yeah, wow. so it's Tuesday against the Knicks, Friday against the Suns, Saturday away against the Trailblazers who are another team that are surprising everyone so far this season. And then again, we play the Clippers um, again in L.A. So tough schedule coming up for the Jazz here. Um, I kind of mentioned this earlier, just talking about how I am just – I'm really done. I mean, we gave our predictions on here, and that's fun and all, but I'm just – you know, I have to admit, I've been going into games thinking, all right, this is going to be the game of the Jazz – they're going to start losing. It's you know, it's finally going to happen. This this whole hurrah of them winning, it's it's going to end. And boy, do they just keep proving me wrong? So I am. Mm-hmm. This is my this is my declaration. This is me shouting out to the world. I'm done thinking about things going to games. I have no idea with this team what the hell is going to happen. Um, I don't even think they know what is going to happen when they go into games. They give it their best. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost just like a high school game, right? Like, you know, what? I'm proud of you whether you win or lose. Whatever happens, I'm good on you. And go yeah. go surprise me. I mean, I don't know anymore to think of this team. I, as a non-jazz fan, are you? I'm sure you think the same way. It's just unpredict unpredictable right now with this team. It is unpredictable. The only bad loss they have though is against the Rockets. And to be fair, that was after a late overtime win in New Orleans the night before. So kind of a quick turnaround. I think we just have to come to the realization that the team's like pretty good, pretty, pretty. I don't want to say like a top tier team in the NBA, but they could absolutely be like a solid, like middle of the road team in the NBA by the end of the season. And, you know, some of these picks that they, (laughs) they have, I believe, what is it? They have Brooklyn and Philly, uh, the, the, and Minnesota. The, that Minnesota picks looking the, good. The worst of the – I mean, the best – I don't even know how to word it. Whatever is the highest in the draft or lowest, depending on how you look at it. Oh, you're talking it. about that three-team thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of uh, Houston. So it won't be Houston. Probably won't be Houston. No. But it's either going to be Brooklyn Brooklyn or Philly. Right now, both of those teams are four and six. We all know what's going on in Brooklyn. Philly, you know, James Harden is injured. Doc Rivers is just not a great coach, I don't think. And uh, that's going to be interesting to see where that pick ends up. I mean, and even like you said, Minnesota, Minnesota's pick. You got to think some of these teams figure it out throughout the year, but even if the Jazz are a middle-of-the-road team and some of these other picks end up being better than their own, it's going to be 
it's going to be weird. It's going to be crazy. a weird thing. D- Danny Ainge's memoir at the end of the, you know, you know, when he puts that out, it's going to be like, I tried to blow this team up and it didn't work. And, uh, he's probably going to hang his hat on that. So, yeah, I mean, what I've been telling people is, you know, wait till the end of this month. That I think that's going to tell us a lot where, where, where he can start hyping this team up or maybe lower expectations a little, because like, I, like I've been saying this, this month in November is a tough schedule. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a good test to say where you know I'm not there yet to be like, oh yeah, this team's good. We're making a playoffs, or I'm not there yet to be like, yeah, these guys suck. You know, right now I'm just so confused about the whole thing, and I just want to wait till the end of this month. And I, we, I just have to keep saying like, we have no idea what this roster is going to be at the middle of the at the trade deadline because either Danny Ainge is going to go like, guys, we're trading all of you, or maybe maybe he surprises us all and says, hey guys, we just acquired insert whatever name. Because we needed one more guy to be that extra team in the playoffs. What if he does that? What if he surprises yeah. us all and says, you know what, guys? You are a playoff team. Here's so-and-so that I know can help us and be a better playoff team. And we're all just like, what the hell's going on all of a sudden? Like, I don't know. It's so yeah. confusing right now. Yeah, it's – I mean, like you like, – I think I already said it, but at the beginning of the year, I don't even think the players believed that it was going to be like this. And they can say that they did, but – there's just no way, but maybe this is going to, you know, how the league should be, where you don't necessarily put all your money into two guys, you or three guys, especially, you know, who knows what's going to happen in this next round of negotiations, but with a cap, but uh, yeah, maybe you just spread that money out, get a lot of really solid, solid role players and guys that can go and you can depend on night in, night in and night out. And that's the way to build the team. And I mean, I guess we we have to also give props to Coach Hardy. I mean, he's gotten those guys bought into whatever his his thoughts are and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, he's it's crazy to say in his first coaching, he's up there as far as you know, Coach of the Month talk right now for the West. So mm-hmm. as of right now, when we're recording this, the Jazz are in second place in the Western Conference with a record of seven and three. Um, it's mother effing bonkers. I mean, that's probably gonna be the the title of this podcast. It's mother effing bonkers. <laughs> It's mother effing bonkers and and jersey trackers. <laughs> who, who knows what to talk about? Yeah, I mean, we we can we know what's going on with the jerseys for sure. We'll, we'll yeah. get into that conversation here. Um, I don't know. I guess I mean we guess that's done with this part of the podcast. You any other thoughts of what the Jazz have looked like or what what you would like to see more from them in this coming week? Maybe is there anyone you'd like to see step up just a little bit more? Anything like that? I don't th- I, I don't think so because I just love the way that they play. Like it, it seems it it seems pretty apparent that you need you know good games from Laurie, uh, but other than that, like everyone just kind of takes their turn for lack of a better term. They look good. I don't I don't have any problem. And I like you brought up the Will Hardy thing, just getting into the players in that Lakers game when they let Lonnie Walker go coast to coast and dunk it. That was awesome. So I don't – there's nobody on this team that I really think I'm having an issue with. I know some people are really hating on or, or disliking THT, but I don't know. There's nobody where I'm I'm super disappointed or just think that they aren't good. So T- Kessler T- even had had a good game against the Lakers, so – he heard me, you know, he heard me. I think he's finally maybe gotten over that cold that he's had. So good on him to yeah. finally get back. But the thing about THC, and I've said this a few times on the podcast, I'm so confused by him. I think I've decided he's the new CJ Miles. He's the new 
I don't know, Ronnie Brewer and the fact that he's starting to rap or what? Oh, oh no, okay. There's, there's certain games where he's just amazing and does things. And you're like, Holy crap. He's amazing. I love this guy. And then the next game, he throws the ball to the second row or he misses a layup and you're just like, what in the hell are you doing? So, you know, that's THT. You are now that guy for me. I finally have figured out who you are to me and congratulations. That's just who you are. Also, there we go. Maybe if you could smile a little bit more. I, I just all. I'm still seeing. It's him. just not his thing. He doesn't want. That's just his demeanor. Okay. If I ever get a chance there a, to meet him, there's been a lot of players that just don't smile. If I ever get a chance to meet, I'm going to say, dude, can we go to like a comedy? I'm just like, I got a joke for you. Knock knock, and just say it, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> like, just go from there. And uh, by the way, to everyone, you know, obviously there's still the thing where with the rotation where the rookies like Abaji and Fonchecchio aren't getting much playing time. With that said, as we're speaking right now, the Stars, the G League team of the Utah Jazz, they're actually mm-hmm. starting the season tonight. And they're actually, the first game is against Scoot Henderson and the yeah, Ignite. Yeah, G so, League Ignite. So uh, all I'm saying is there's probably going to be some, it's probably going to come up sooner than later where we see Abaji probably go to the Stars and get some minutes, which will be good for him. It's better for yeah. him to go down there and get some playing time. So. Um, keep an eye that's on, on that. ESPNU. I mean, by the time this comes out, it won't matter, but I think that's on ESPNU. Correct. Well, my, yeah. But my whole point is this is, this might be one of those years where it might be really good to go watch some star games. Not just because, oh, no you doubt. know, not just because, you know, the jet or the star, excuse me, will be playing teams like the Ignite. So you'll the ignite. Sorry. So you'll get to see <laughs> those, those guys like Scoot Henderson and some other dudes that are going to get drafted, but also probably a chance to see dudes like Abaji and maybe even Fonchecchio play down there and get some minutes. Mm-hmm. So, Juzang will be playing, I'm sure. Get down there and watch them play. The, you know, those Stars tickets are pretty cheap. And now they're at the Maverick Center, so a little better arena for them, too. So shout Good out to them. the Stars. And also, you've got a f- connection with the Stars. You know some Yeah, shout out to Marquise. He's, the, he's, he's, running, he's running things over there. Shout out to Marquise. Yep. So good for him. Played we'll against win. him in the three-on-three alumni tournament, and he uh, he had a better game or two than I did. We'll just say it Wait, like that. you were talking. He was there, and did you say we need you on the podcast? We talked uh, for a moment about it. Yeah. Th- see, there's a lot of things that go into that, and we can talk about that off air. But uh, yeah, I know he's got to get some love to have him on. We're not. We're not trying to get. Yeah, him. yeah. That's that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get the guy fired or anything like that. Gosh, they always think I just want to get people in trouble. I don't want that. You know, I just well I hear how I mean, the job works is all. Yeah. In the process. Yeah, I'm sure we could we could do that. All right. Well, let's wrap this part of the podcast up. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you and such and such? Yep, at the Will Wonder Pod on Instagram, DJ Will Wonder on Twitter. Every Wednesday we have a podcast. Now that Halloween season is over, it's just every Wednesday. Hundredth episode will be in two weeks, so that would be ninety nine coming up this week. Uh, we'll talk NFL, talk NBA, and then next week we have a pretty fun interview uh, with a director from here in Utah named Evan Moore. So make sure you check that out for the hundredth episode. Hoodies are out there in the wild, so if you see them, just shout out the person for supporting. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've been delivering hoodies on hoodies on hoodies, and I'm gas mileage is great. I'll just say that, but I'm tired. That's all I, mean, I got. Should have just shipped those bad boys out. That's on you, but Mazel tough on that. Wait. It's a little more money, you know what I mean? We're, uh, the, the, people need to know that you don't pay me to do this, so like, you know, I'm not rich by any means like you, so like, I can't just be shipping shipping all over the country i mean i'm just saying the gas prices though if you're driving all over the country too so (laughs) um congratulations you you said your next episode's the 100th one no next one is 99 100 in two weeks wow congratulations to you on that 
Maybe Thank one you. day this podcast will get there if we don't get fired by the GM of the stars. Who knows? All right. Well, that's <laughs> going to wrap up this part of the podcast. Coming up next is going to be my interview. Like I said, I know I'm on Twitter and Instagram. It's at Jazz Uniform Tracker or Uni Tracker. Lots of interesting stories. So goodbye to you, Mr. Will Wonder on the podcast. We'll see you next episode. And everyone else, stick around and we'll get to that interview next. All right, everyone. Welcome into this week's interview. We are joined this week by Mr. Jazz Uniform Tracker. Wait, I guess it's Jazz Uni Tracker officially. Um, and officially, he's known as Sam. How are you doing today, sir? Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me on, man. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, we haven't done an interview for a while, but what we do when we start this out is we have some questions here that I li- like to ask to kind of help get to know you a little better. So I'm going to ask you these questions. Answer it as quickly as you can. Don't try and overthink these, please. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. First question. What is your favorite fast food place? Chick-fil-A. Next question. All-time favorite band or artist or maybe your top three? I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. Uh, U2 uh, is one that I've always loved. Um, yeah, let's just go. Uh, R.E.M. is another band that I've I've grown to love a lot over the years. Let's go All with right. those three. Nice. Yeah. Next question. What is the last concert you went to? <laughs> I went to a Keith Urban concert with my wife recently. So, yeah, we love Keith in our house. All right. All-time favorite movie? Oh, man. That's tough. I know it's, I know it's a very popular pick. But uh, the Shawshank Redemption is just one movie that I could watch over and over again and never get tired of it. So yeah, Shawshank Redemption for sure. And what is the last movie you saw that you might recommend to somebody? Oh, man. In our house, we have a habit of either watching kids' movies. I have a three-year-old at home. Or my wife and I will try to start a movie and and we never finish it. Uh, Or like it takes us three or four nights to get through it. So... Can I do a movie that I wouldn't recommend to people? Sure. Flip it over. Yeah. So obviously it was Halloween last week and we were trying to watch some horror movies. We watched a movie called Barbarian. Thank you. And, and it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. We were we were laughing. We were laughing throughout the, the whole show. So have you seen it then? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. You just finally taken me off my questions here. Finally, someone agrees with me. Yes, I saw it. Everyone's like, oh, this movie is so great. It's awesome. And I was like, I saw it and I left the theater. I was like, this is what you guys overhyped this so bad. This was not like the first 30 minutes were cool. And then once it gave away the the scary person thing there, I was like, well, what's the point of the rest of this movie now? Now it's just dumb. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, There there was some anticipation there in the first 30, 40 minutes. You didn't really know what was going on. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's, who's seen it. But here's the thing too, is we, the next night we watched another horror movie and we watched I think it's called, is it The Others or Us? I can't remember. It's basically where there's a family and there's a duplicate family of them that come into their house kind of a thing. And that was even worse. So I wouldn't even recommend that one at all. Oh, was that? That was the guy that did. Um... It's Key and Peele, I think. Yeah, yeah. Or I one of the guys from yeah. Key and Peele. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of his follow up to his big hit. And it was, yeah, that was kind of a letdown. It wasn't as good. It's always hard to do as good as the first one there all right we went way off topic here no worries we're almost done with the questions here next question was your current favorite show or a show you're binge watching um we've been trying to get through better call Saul recently and so that that's a pretty good one um 
Yeah, let's go with Better Call Saul. All Great right. Show. And the final question here. What is the all-time worst Utah Jazz jersey in your opinion? Oh my goodness. Um That's a very good question because I think there's a few. I was never a big fan of the sleeved soccer style uniform that they had. Um but I'll get I'll actually give it to the Icon edition from this year. I just I can't can't get behind it whatsoever. Now wait, was that the yellow one by chance? That's the yellow. Okay. That's the yellow one. Yep. Wow, we've only had it for a couple months, and you're already saying it's the worst ever. But I understand. And you know, I always think about this with that sleeve jersey. Is it? It wasn't a jazz jersey. It was an NBA thing. So you know, they all did it. So sure. yes, it yes, it sucked. But that was an NBA decision to do that. So um, very true. Yeah. For for me, my answer's always been because I've been a jazz fan all my life. I when they came out with that black and uh, what color was copper. It? Copper color, yeah. I remember at the time that came out, I was like, "This is the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my life." This doesn't say jazz at all. Although now, I, I disagree. I think that it's like it's now. I mean, it's, it's it was pretty cool back then. I had the shorts when I was a kid. I I, I didn't have the jersey. I really wanted a Brian Russell jersey, uh, number three with the black and copper. I didn't get it. I actually had the shorts though, and so I wore those things wore those things out pretty much. That was a pretty cool thing to have as like a you know ten year old. The funny thing is, is now as an older jazz fan now i look at it and go you know i kind of okay i can kind of understand it but it was just at the time when i was like this isn't jazz i just ugh, so yeah which is funny because i'm sure there's tons of people doing that right now with the new rebrand and jerseys and things like that so all right well let's move on to some actual questions here now um before we jump into more jersey talk and things like that let's kind of get to know more you the person here um where did you grow up have you always been a jazz fan kind of give us a background on you here yeah no problem so I grew up um, in Utah County slash Salt Lake County. My, we kind of moved around a little bit. I lived in Lehigh most of my life, actually, and uh, went to high school there. Um, and then I ended up moving down to St. George um, and got married. And uh, we lived there for about 10 years. And uh, we recently, just a couple of months ago, moved to Northern California, which is kind of crazy to say because I never thought I'd end up here in California. But I work out here and I was commuting for a while and just decided to be a good, good place to end up. We actually live near, um, Sacramento area. We're about 35 minutes outside Sacramento. So I'm still going to be able to catch some jazz games and other NBA games if I want. Um, and as far as being a jazz fan, I, I, I've been a fan my whole life. So I kind of grew up in the heyday, you know, Carmelone, John Stockton age. Um, I was lucky enough to, to go to one of the NBA finals games. Um, in 2000 or 98, um, it was the last game that they won in the Delta center before they went back to Chicago and lost the series. And, uh, that was an awesome experience. We were probably, you know, the last row we were like very, we were in the, in the rafters pretty much, but I just remember the electricity in the Delta center. It was just deafening so loud and, uh, watching, you know, our guys beat, B. Jordan, Rodman, Pippen. I mean, I hated those guys. And I hated seeing people with Jordan jerseys and bowl stuff. Even around Utah, you'd see it. And uh, so, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of my first big experience. I remember watching, you know, the John Stockton shot on TV, running around the neighborhood and, you know, screaming. So that was uh, – I've been a you know fan all my life. Obviously, I'm from Utah. So that's, yeah. uh, that's kind of my history. That's an awesome experience. Did you keep anything from the NBA Finals game? Do you have, like, the ticket stuff by chance? <sighs> The ticket stuff might be in my parents at my parents' house in like a box somewhere. Mm-hmm. I know that. So me and my mom went, 
So yeah, I should try to dig that up and see if there's anything that, yeah, that was a really fun time. Yeah. That'd be, I mean, a lot of stuff now, if you, you know, people are kind of reselling things right now, all the jerseys mm-hmm. and things like that. If you could find, I'm not telling you to sell it, but if you can find that, that'd be a cool thing to have in like your office and stuff like that for sure. Yeah. If you had like an unused ticket from that game, oh, oh man, I'm sure that would be, you know, that'd something that, that someone would buy. Yeah. That'd be cool. So besides that, was there any other memories from your childhood as being a jazz fan that you remember besides maybe going to the NBA finals game, anything else that sticks out growing up watching them? Uh, I just remember my friends and I would, would try to reenact games. You know, we'd be playing basketball out in the backyard or at a park or, you know, whatever. And we would just try and reenact certain shots or plays or, or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, me being someone who's always been into design and, and aesthetics, I was the one that was drawing the Utah Jazz logo, you know, the, the mountains and everything. And I'm a little bit probably too young for the, the previous era. I probably, I can't remember when they rebranded. Um, and looking back that, you know, that logo is iconic. I think one of the best logos in sports, I'm referencing the, you know, the, the J note AZZ logo that we all have seen and love, uh, at least most, I think love it, but I'm, I was the one drawing those in my, you know, my sketchbook in second, third grade, when I should have been writing, you know, during writing hour, hour. I was, you know, I was drawing Utah jazz logos or, or uh, coming up with my own logos and jerseys and things like that. So I've kind of been at this for a while in, in some form or another. Awesome. That actually leads right into my next question. So I, you know, obviously I've noticed how good you are with your graphic works and things like that. And I'm sure a lot of jazz fans have, did you like self-teach yourself how to become a good graphic artist in that? Or did you take classes to kind of become a Photoshop wizard? (laughs) Well, I wouldn't call myself a wizard. Um, There's so many talented creatives in this space and I kind of see myself as just an amateur someone who's, and I am kind of self-taught. I started off on Microsoft Paint, right? When back in the, when we got our first computer, I was just trying to draw and figure stuff out. And over the years, I learned some of the Adobe products and I use uh, Adobe Illustrator quite a bit. I use Photoshop, obviously, Um, but I'm not a professional. I don't do it, you know, full time. Um, It's just kind of a fun hobby and I kind of like to keep it that way. Um, In fact, I've had, and we can talk about this a little bit more, but I've had some discussions with some some of the jazz management and they can be kind of said, Oh, I expected you to be like a graphic designer and said, Nope, just to just self-taught, just do it for fun and kind of want to keep it in that lane just because it's, it's more fun as a hobby. I've, I mean, I've tried to dabble myself in the Photoshop things. And honestly, I just, I know myself and I just didn't have the patience for it. Like that takes a lot of patience to go. Like you do something on this part and then you go to this part and, and make it all come together. I mean, is that how you feel it? You have to be super patient to be able to do that kind of work. You definitely have to have an eye for detail. And if you know kind of your way around the the program, you can, you can do a lot of things, but it's, it's kind of like anything, right? You have to have a building block, building blocks of different skills that you've kind of built up and then you kind of put them together and you can build something you know, that hopefully looks cool and hopefully you enjoy. So yeah, it's, it just takes a little bit of practice. All right. Well, you kind of talked about it there and we'll go into the next question here about has the team. So obviously you're saying someone with the team has contacted you before. So um, have they ever offered you like a job interview? Have you spoke to them about things like that? Has it ever gotten that far? Is it just maybe somebody with the team has said, Hey, you do great work. Uh, Things like that. Yeah. So, and I think people that have followed me for long enough know kind of my story. I mean, I've been on another podcast before and kind of alluded to a little bit. And then once the rebrand came out this last summer, I was kind of able to divulge more of kind of what what my experience was with the team and, and the rebrand. So I've been kind of tracking uh, the Jazz uniforms for three or four years now. And 
about a year and a half ago, so this would have been April 2021, uh, Ryan Smith DM'd me. And as, you know, as a Jazz fan, we were really excited because Ryan was had just got the team, you know, six months prior. He was doing some big things. And if you get a, a DM from Ryan Smith on, on a Wednesday in the middle of the day, you know, it really kind of, it's, it's shocking. I, I was pretty surprised. And he kind of said, you know, who is this? You know, is there someone behind this account? You know, I'd love to, to talk to you. I have some big ideas. What's your phone number? And I said, oh, my gosh. You know, I showed my wife. She's like, do you think that's real? Is it fake? I'm like, no, that's the real Ryan Smith. It says right there, you know, it's a verified account. I obviously gave him my number. Uh, and then he called me um, a few minutes later. And we had probably about a 30-minute discussion about the Jazz branding and their, you know, their, their direction. And at this point, we didn't really know what was happening, right? It was pretty early on in the stage of the rebrand. And I knew we knew that there was some something going on because we had seen some things, you know, around the arena, you know, in the practice facility, that whole, you know, people say Jake note, you know, that, that whole mural, the, the black and white was kind of becoming more prominent um, around the, the arena and stuff. And so we kind of felt like there was something going on. And so he said, yeah, basically the jazz, no one knows what their color scheme is. Dwayne Wade's mom asked me what the jazz colors were and I couldn't tell her. You know, people know us as Skittles, you know, we're every color of the rainbow. And so we're going to, we're going to do some big things. And I'd love to have you come up and give us some feedback on, you know, some of our ideas. And I said, Hey, absolutely. I'll do it. Um, so they brought me up. Um, they, they gave me some tickets to the, the game and I was actually against the T-Wolves. Um, I remember that and I remember they lost. Um, but yeah, I was able to go to the practice facility for a few hours and, uh, kind of participate in one of the, I guess, focus groups. I don't know. They, they sat us down. There was a few other people in the room and they unveiled the, the new uniforms. And uh, I don't know if you want me to get into that fully yet or if you're ready for that or should I just keep going? I mean, yeah, keep the story going. I'm intrigued over here. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So to back up a little bit, so they, they bring us in, they make us sign an NDA, right? I mean, can't, can't disclose any of this stuff. And obviously if, if I had, I'm, I'm sure I would have paid a fine or, you know, there were some, some financial ramifications. They took away all our devices. So I had brought my phone. I even brought my iPad because I was thinking I would just, I was going to show them some of my designs. Um, because side side story, I had done a, a project maybe a three months earlier that I called um, the, uh, I just forgot, um, the identity project is what I called it. And I basically said that in my estimation of the jazz brand and where they should go, they need to return to purple full time. Okay, so that was kind of like what my identity project was centered on. And I took the purples from the old 80s jazz plus the 90s jazz. And I merged that purple to kind of create what I call jazz purple. And so it took a little bit of both eras. And I did the same thing with the blues. I took the blue from the mountain era and then the blue from like the D-Will AK-47 era. I merged those together to create what I call jazz blue. And so that was kind of my my kind of my big project that I had worked on a few months prior. And I think that's what got their attention um, because they you know, they'd said, oh, yeah, we've seen some of your work. But anyway, so they bring us in, can't bring any devices. We go up to the conference room and it's the conference room that sits right above the jazz uh, practice court. And so there's big windows. If you've ever been there, you, you it's big windows. You can look over the, the court. And it was like two or three hours before game time. So there was no players there or anything. I was I pretty much figured that I would walk in, you know, run to Rudy Gobert or anything like that. But so they sit us down and they start telling us about their vision for a rebrand and they brought on some other people, brought in somebody from Nike uh, who's up on, on Zoom. And 
And this was kind of like a brand ambassador. He'd worked for some other high-end fashion brands who, who was currently with Nike. And so they kind of talked about that aspect of it. And then they had these boards that were all kind of, all kind of placed around the room with, with sheets over them. And uh, they said, okay, let's, uh, we're going to, you know, unveil these. Let's show you what, you know, what we've come up with as what we think the new direction of the jazz was, is. And I, I was kind of like shaking in my boots, right? I'm like, okay, I hope they go back to purple. And I was in the back of my mind, I was thinking maybe they use some of my designs. I don't know. Um, but let's, you know, let's see what they got. And then they start pulling down the sheets on these, there's four, four boards. And my jaw about hit the floor. And I was just kind of sitting there looking back, you know, looking at it and thinking, oh my gosh, what are they, what are they doing? Like, this is in my mind. I was thinking this is brand suicide. I mean, here we are, we have a problem where we have too many colors. And what I'm seeing is more new colors. Uh, we're just adding to the palette. And so, you know, they wanted us to give feedback and be there and be objective, you know, with our opinions. And so I wasn't, I wasn't shy. I didn't sit back and just say, Oh yeah, it looks good. I, I didn't lay into them, but I, I was very strong with my opinions of, Hey, I don't think that this is the right direction to go. And, uh, they wanted us to kind of walk around the room, look up close, look at the jerseys. And it's what we see now, right? It's the black, you know, the black statement edition, just black and yellow, no trim, nothing else. It's the, uh, the white association with just the note. And then it's the, the, uh, highlighter yellow or the, uh, spotlight yellow with, with the black and then a little bit of trim uh, on the sides. And I just kind of sat back and I felt kind of broken a little bit. I know that's dramatic, but I just felt like they were taking our beloved franchise and the history and just, just whitewashing it, leaving it in the dust. Um, at that time there was no, no purple. Um, and so, you know, I was like, man, and I asked the guys, I said, was there ever a thought to maybe go back to purple? And they said, yeah, we, we did, you know, it came up and, and we've talked about it. Um, but this is kind of the direction we want to go. This is the new era for the jazz. And I said, oh, okay. You know, and then at that point we kind of had to leave. We had to go to the game. Um, and I just remember going out to my car and just writing down everything that I remembered. Cause I couldn't obviously take any pictures or anything. I was trying to remember the color, color codes, but I, I could go in and maybe recreate something and, and just have it to memory. Cause this was, you know, a year and a half, a year and a few months before the actual rebrand was, was un unveiled. So that's kind of my, my story. Um, Ryan Smith wasn't there. Um, he had some other, you know, business to take care of, but uh, I got to, you know, be there. I mean, as a fan and especially as a designer, who's also a fan, like what a, what a dream come true, right? What an experience that I feel pretty fortunate to be able to have. Not a lot of people get the opportunity to, to see something that early on in the process. And, and the way it works with Nike is they need these designs years in advance. And it's really hard to go back and retract uh, a design or a color scheme um, and, and get with Nike's timeline. And so they make, they make the team stick to what they have. And typically it's for five years. Um, it's for the, the association and the icon, which is kind of like your traditional home in a way, those are five years. And so whatever you pick, you, you pretty much have to, to keep. Now the, uh, the statement edition jerseys stay for three years. And then there's other jerseys that you can bring on like a city edition or whatever, uh, an earned edition. If, you know, if the team's made the playoffs before and if the, if the NBA is doing that. But anyway, I kind of walked out of that meeting a little bit down, a little bit frustrated with the direction. 
Um, but, you know, over the next year, I kind of saw a little bit more and more. They kind of slowly kind of built this up to what they have now. And and I think there's elements of the rebrand that I enjoy. Um, I think the color scheme by itself is a good color scheme. Black and yellow go really well together. And mainly because of the contrast, right? We see other teams and other, you know, major sports franchises that have black and yellow, like the Steelers or other teams. And it's a great color combination. Um, and we can get into the New Jersey's a little bit more later if you want, but that's kind of my experience with, with uh, the team and, and kind of how I found myself in the middle of the rebrand. So at this time, I'm trying, I'm not very good at time things and stuff. At the time you've gone to this meeting, you know, obviously with our pages and things like that, eventually we got some kind of leaks of the Jersey and we posted those. Was this prior to those leaks coming out that you had that meeting? This was about a year before the leaks came out. Okay. So I was because of the NDA, I was kind of sitting on this information for, you know, over a year and it was tough. I mean, it was tough because people would ask me, people would say, Oh, what do you know? Like, you know, or, or what do you think? And I kind of had to kind of play dumb a little bit to a lot of people uh, because I, I obviously signed that contract and I couldn't leak those new jerseys. And, right. and uh, when someone else did and, and someone's, I think they sent them to you on Instagram, right? Right. Yeah. And, I basically, and I, basically I got, uh, I got a, DM on Instagram from like a profile that looks like it had just been created saying these are mm-hmm. the new jazz jerseys. And I even remember asking like, how did you get this? And they they were almost like, I can't give you any more info. This is them. Take it. If you want to, I'm deleting yeah. this profile in an hour. And I was like, <laughs> Hmm, that's, I guess this is it. So, you know, I've got, yeah. I've gotten messages like that before and you always have to take it with a grain of salt. But like, um, I mean, I just remember thinking when I got that, I was like, well, this kind of would make sense. I mean, obviously when you look around, the arena that time there was black coming all over. There was yellow, even on TV when they would do graphics on TV, it was obvious that they were switching over these colors and the jazz app was nothing but black and yellow. I mean, it was totally obvious. So my thoughts on it, just for my point of view was I just remember, and I still think this way. I'm like the new colors, you know, are they the, are they great? No. Does it say jazz to me? Not really, but is it the worst ever? Eh, not really. I mean, I'm just, it's, it's a weird spot to be in. Obviously the worst ever, like you said, when about the Jersey is just that yellow. I mean, that, that highlighter yellow Jersey is just so bad to me. And, you know, I get, I get, obviously there's people that work for the team that follow the pages and stuff like that. And when I've talked smack on the Jersey before, they'll reply to me and stuff like that saying, Oh, it's, you know, they're trying to still hype it up and then good for them. That's probably part of their job. And they got to back the product up, but there's just, I can't ever imagine a day where I can get behind that Jersey and the colors are what they are. I don't, I mean, like you said, it's going to be that way for a while. Now I actually like the court itself, the new court, when, especially when you see it in person and on TV, it kind of, it looks pretty nice on TV. I don't mind the new court. It just, I don't know. It's, it is hard. It's that old feeling like we were talking about earlier. It's like, does this really fit the jazz thing? And it's like, uh, I don't know. And the other thing, like you had mentioned and Ryan had posted that thing before about, the whole rainbow color thing. I like, I never really, why was that such an issue? And why did it, why was that an issue to go from there? But okay, let's go to just black, yellow, white. Like, I, I don't know. What was your thought on that when they, he was trying to say, we don't want to have these, all these colors anymore, but here now we go to these colors of black, yellow, and white. Like what were your thoughts on that? I guess. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously at that point when he tweeted that I kind of knew what was coming. Right. So I, I kind of, <laughs> Like I said, I had to kind of pick my spots of what I could say and, and, and where I could go with, you know, some of my tweeting and, and talking to people and DMs and stuff. And I just felt like, and 
when I was there at the practice, you know, facility and seeing the new jerseys, I felt like they took a problem and then compounded it um, by adding more colors to the scheme. I didn't feel like that was the solution. But all that being said, and in the discussions I've had with some of the jazz management, Ryan Smith is an innovator, right? He is a pioneer of of it, whatever industry he's in. And so he's going to be different. He's not going to follow the same, you know, the same path as someone else has gone before him. I think he can respect, you know, the jazz franchise as it was, you know, through the Millers and, and even before. But I think that all, all in all, he is going to blaze his own trail. And that's just his personality. And so I can't dis- discount Ryan for wanting to do something completely different. And when they showed us those new jerseys, they kind of showed us their process too. They showed us a, another uh, another board that had like probably a few hundred different color schemes on it. They tried a lot of different things. And I think they wanted to do something that was somewhat groundbreaking or innovative that had never been seen before in the NBA. And so I think they tried to find a color scheme that no one else had that was unique uh, and that was something that they could take and build on. And when I've had discussions, you know, since that, since that event um, with jazz management, they talk about this brand as an evolution, right? And so it's, I'm not saying it's going to change. I don't really know anything about that, but it's, it's something, and Ryan and Ryan's even mentioned that before, that this is an evolving thing. And uh, this is just kind of the starting place and that the future for the jazz is, is, is bright. Obviously we have some great uh, ownership and obviously new coach there's, they're seven and three right now, which is awesome. And I think no one expected that um, around the league. I think that the, the jazz are kind of the, the butt of the joke when it comes to NBA jerseys. Um, but you know, it's something we'll get through. Uh, it's, it, it is a little bit frustrating because of the history that we have and uh, the great logos and things that we've had in the past. Um, I still think that they should go back to purple. And if you want to get into that a little bit too, I mean, obviously we have our purple mountain jersey. Um, to me, that was an afterthought, but they realized that once those jerseys were leaked, that they had to do something. And that jersey was already approved through Nike. And so they were able to um, bring it on with no problem. Um, and they use that as quote unquote, our city edition um, when it is really a classic edition, according to Nike. Yeah. I mean, thinking about it, you know, tell, listening to you tell your story about having that meeting and stuff like that, it kind of makes a lot more sense now. Like, and, I, and I'm sure the meeting you had was probably not the only one where they've brought in people in and asked for sure. their thoughts and stuff like that. And it makes a lot more sense. It, like, I can only imagine how many people had these meetings and they said, uh, and maybe they, I don't know if they asked this, but would they say, would you buy this jersey? Do you think people will buy this? And how many people probably said no and stuff. And like, no, you should have done the mountains or done this. And like you said, it definitely feels like, the mountain Jersey was a rush. Like we got to do something different. I've said it over and over. Like, I feel like all I ever hear the team store talk about, or when the jazz promote things, it's purple, purple, purple. All you ever hear is purple. You rarely ever, ever see them promote like, Hey, the yellow Jersey is now for sale or the white Jersey is now for it's always purple, purple, purple. Like people are always asking, when are we getting the purple jerseys finally to actually buy? Cause that's the other thing is like, if you go to the team store right now, the only ones that you can find, and obviously this is because most of last year's roster isn't there anymore. All you can really buy right now is a Conley or Clarkson in the mm-hmm. yellow or white. Um, and so it's just, you know, obviously they're waiting to make those other jerseys. Um, so I guess, so those other purple jerseys that they're coming out with, I believe next season, right? They didn't have any Correct. of those that showed you, right? 
No, no. At that point, those those weren't there. And so and that was something that I found really interesting, too, because if you follow NBA uniforms at all, you know that teams release their city edition jerseys usually for the most part during the season. And if you go look around the league and and there's some some uh, NBA uniform folks that I follow that, you know, they've even posted leaks that are around the NBA. Um, if you know and follow Casey Vitelli. Uh, he also he also runs a, a page called NBA Uniform Tracker. He's always posting leaks. He has some sources that you know I don't I don't know who they are, but he's getting sent leaks all the time. And so it's not uncommon for jet or for uniforms to get leaked, you know, across the the, the span of the NBA. And to go back on that a little bit, I think that you know from what I heard, maybe the Jazz were not not happy that they were leaked. But then you know the result of it was a lot of blowback from the fans, right? When they were leaked, we, we all saw the the result of, you know, the fan base and when, and how unhappy they were. And so I think it helped them know where the fan base stood. And to your point about, you know, people wanting purple, when I was in that group, uh, there's probably about 10 of us. There were a few people in there that said, well, I don't, I won't wear purple outside of the arena. Like I won't wear, you know, I don't think purple's a fashionable color. I'd much rather wear wear a black or a white or a gray. Um, and so I think the jazz really took a different kind of approach when they came up with this set that, Hey, we want to be someone that's maybe on the cusp of, you know, different kind of design, maybe minimalistic, but still like designs that you can wear. And when I've had conversations with Brian Smith since he's even mentioned that, like who wears jerseys, not that many people wear jerseys these days, but how many people wear a hoodie or a shirt or a hat? And so they, I think they tried to create something that would work uh, better for other types of, you know, articles of clothing that you could sell in the team store or people would wear around and, and not have, not have it to be a Jersey every single time. And, and to that point, I mean, I'm talking to you right now, I'm wearing a black and white hat, right? I've got the Ryan Smith black uh, hat with the, the white jazz note. So there are some great things about the rebrand and, and the direction they've gone. But yeah. It's, it's frustrating that, that this is what they came up with. I think that the jerseys as they stand just need more design to them. I think they needed, needed to be worked through a little bit. I think the font is just way too big. Um, and I would have loved to see some trim. And like I said, if you followed me for any amount of time, you kind of know where I stand on that kind of stuff. But uh, I know we've gotten a little off topic with that, but yeah, I, I think that eventually, you know, in, in like you mentioned the purple uniform for next year, that's going to be our city edition that's a pretty cool uniform and it, and it kind of is a throwback a little bit. It's like a modern throwback to, to kind of what we were before. And it's something that I think will go huge. Um, the only thing is I think that was one of their cards that they, they had to put down during the rebrand to kind of appease fans because most teams don't unveil their city edition Jersey for the next season. Like we're talking two seasons away at that point, most of them announced them during the season. In fact, most of the NBA hasn't released their city edition jersey for 2022 and 2023. And yet we've released ours for 2023 and 2024. So I think that was the, the Jazz's opportunity or, or that was their last card to put down on the table and say, hey, this is, we're also going more purple in the future. So kind of hang with us. Yeah. And, and like you said about the whole, I mean, Ryan, I heard him say that kind of recently. I think it's maybe toward the start when they did a, him and Ains were doing an interview with the media, him saying, how many people, you know, look around everyone that's wearing the sweaters and stuff like that. You know, it doesn't really look that bad. And to that point, I mean, I can, I, 
I mean, like I said, the colors, they are what they are. I mean, they'll probably grow more on me. I feel like it will. It's just that it's just the yellow. I just can't even even when the yellow is just kind of there, maybe in the note or not the whole color. I'm still just like, it just doesn't. Why did they have to make it that kind of yellow? I don't know. I guess it'll probably continue to grow on me. But um, I don't know. Let's let's try to move it forward to another side of the question. So I've kind of talked about this before. Um I actually had a meeting with Ryan Smith. Well, not a meeting, but he invited me to a game. I talked to him before the game. Um, I got lucky enough. And I was actually wearing, uh, it's that jacket. It's the, it's a Mitchell Ness jacket of the mountain. The 96 mountain jacket. Yeah. yeah. And it has the NBA finals patch. And I was wearing that. And when he saw me wearing that, I kind of saw him like get hyped. He's like, <gasps> he's like, cause I sh- showed him, I had the leaks. He knew I had the leaks. So I asked him point, like I said, these are the jerseys. Right. And without kind of confirming, confirming, he went, I mean, that's kind of, yeah, you know, he gave me the rough way of saying yes. So he confirmed that. But then he was so excited to be like, purple. He's like, purple, it's right there. You're wearing them all. Yeah. Because at the time, like you said, we didn't know that that was going to be the thing. And he was like, purple, it's awesome. It's everywhere. It's great. It's, I was like, okay. And that's when I started thinking, like, I think he's trying to tell me that he's going to do the mountain jerseys. And I remember at the time, was it you that posted something about purples, back purples, the jazz colors, and Ryan even retweeted that? Was that you that did that? Yeah. So, I mean, and and I don't know, (laughs) I don't think any of this is a secret at this point, but um, I was there at that same game and I, I don't know if you remember meeting me and my wife, but so we were there as well. And, and I was down there below the, the arena and, you know, had the chance to talk to Ryan a little bit. He probably did the same thing to me that he did to you. He kind of showed me, you know, some, some apparel and he kind of said, this is kind of what we're going with. And he was wearing a purple shirt that night. And so I said, well, yeah, I noticed you've been wearing a lot more purple. And I had tweeted that too. And he said, yeah. And uh, just, you know, let him know basically that, you know, purple is a, a jazz staple. And so I, I said, I, I noticed Chad that Ryan's been wearing a lot more purple recently. And he retweeted or quote tweeted that and said, purple's here to stay. Um, and so, you know, it was kind of a, a cool way for Ryan to let the fans know. Uh, and the fact that he did it kind of through a fan account is kind of fun too. Uh, Ryan, you know, as much with as much kind of flack as he's gotten for this rebrand, he really does care and he really does love the franchise. He's a fan at heart as well. And I think he's just is trying to find his direction, but still, you know, make sure that the fans are happy. I think he, that's all he wants. He wants to win. And, uh, and I think the team knows at this point, you know, kind of the blunders that they've made with this set. Um, I don't know if we'll see this set for five years. I know that's the rule with Nike. If I had to bet on it and guess, I would say that, that the Jazz might push Nike on that and say, hey, can we can we rebrand again or, or, you know, tweak our jerseys again in two or three years? Um, that's my guess on it, but who knows? It's crazy to think, too, because, like, I mean, we're, okay, we, we're talking about Ryan here. We'll kind of stick on that for a second. But, like, he is smart. Like, he he knew by inviting me and you to that game and then talking about the purple and saying, tell him about the purple. It was a, so smart on a marketing side to do that and then retweet you. It's, it's, it was a genius. Cause that was kind of the start of like purples back question mark. Is it like, and then when they did the unveiling, it was like, Oh yeah, we have these, these jerseys, but purple purples here. It's like you sons of guns. You, you, all right, you're smart. You were so stupid to do this Jersey and the, that, but okay. You know what you're doing on this. Um, so it is definitely going to be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, I, I I have to say I am excited for those other jerseys they have coming up, like you said, in the next year or two. Those are going to be interesting, especially that kind of New Orleans 
spin that they're doing on that. That looks really cool. I thought that was a really interesting idea. Um, what do yeah, you think on those? Yeah, if I could, uh, I'd love to talk about those a little bit because the NBA kind of going back to the the framework of how they have teams, you know, do jerseys. The, the, the NBA allows, I guess maybe Nike and the NBA allow teams to have two classic edition jerseys every five years. Unless you're the Golden State Warriors, which seem to have a classic edition jersey every single year. If you're a big market and you're winning titles, I mean, I think you have a little bit more uh, leeway there. But for small market teams or regular teams like the Utah Jazz, they get two classic editions every five years. And so obviously we had the Purple Mountains. This was you know three years ago. And the year before that, we had the Purple uh, Mardi Gras jerseys that were I don't know if you remember those that, um, you know, when Ricky Rubio was on the, the squad and, and I thought that was a great look as well. And that was kind of our first throwback that we ever had with Nike. Wait, th- it wasn't like the Marty. That was just like the jazz, like when Carl Malone stocked in early nineties, kind of purple, wasn't it? It was the purple to yellow. Right. Yeah. Purple, when I think yellow, Marty, green. When I think Marty, oh, it had, because I, I think Marty, I think more of the New Orleans ones, but okay. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. It's the same color uh, palette that they used in New Orleans that they just brought to Utah. Didn't okay. end up rebranding. And then, you know, they had that for, you know, the whole, the entire 80s pretty much. And then obviously when the nine, you know, mid-90s hit, they rebranded to the, the Purple Mountains. But so I, that was their first classic edition. And then the next year they did the Mountains, which both of those were smash hits. And then we took a break from our classic editions. And then next year we're kind of back on that, um, you know, the classic edition opportunity we get the, uh, the the Pete Maravich, the old, old, uh, basically New Orleans jazz note. Um, and that'll be really cool. I think that jersey will will blow up. I think that's going to be a really popular one. It's going to look really clean. Um, my suspicion is that maybe they'll do a court for it, just like they've done in the past. Uh, I do think that the jazz have the, the best court combination of any any team in the league, which is saying something because I think we might have the worst uniform combination in the league. So at least the courts are nice. Oh, the I, like I said earlier, that new court is when you see it in person, even on TV, it has this just nice pop to it for some reason. Although I don't know, maybe you know the answer to this. On the new court, I noticed in the kind of the top right area where the visitors bench is, there's just a random gray spot there, and it confuses me every time I see it. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's kind of like where they have that PAX kind of logo or sponsor thing on the court. And then there's just a random gray there. And I don't, I'm like, is this supposed to be like a shadow to the note or what was the point of this? And then my wife every time is like, shut up, you're overthinking it. But I'm just like, that catches my attention every time. So I think I know what you're talking about. So if you, if you look at the court and I got a picture pulled up here, there's a, imagine a note being placed on, on top of the court and then the court is actually placed on top of it. And so if you look from a bird's eye view at the bottom of the court, you see like the, the pot, bottom part of the note logo, the basketball part. If you go to the top of the court where that packs is, you'll see the top of the note in that, you know, in that uh, it's a 66 degree angle, um, which is the same angle as the note and the same angle as the, the floorboards on the court. So it's basically like a note hidden behind the actual court. Now, I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a picture of it. And you can go, you can go check that out. But yeah, it is, it's a really cool design. I feel like it's unique um, in that regard where, you know, I don't think a lot of teams are having like, you know, a 66 degree angled wood floorboards, which, which is pretty cool. And it also ties in with the 66 degrees of the, the jazz note logo. 
See, little things like that they do. That's that's a cool thing. Whoever can find little things like that, you know, good on them. Um, like I said with you with the jazz hat there, I saw you have the note on there. And What did you think with it? They kind of made a little bit of a change on the, the note there. Were you cool with that or did you, were you kind of bugged with that? No, I, I love the change with the note. Uh, they made it, they simplified it. They kind of thickened up the stem a little bit. And they also took off that little accent that was on the end, on the far right of the note. I kind of made it just a cleaner kind of insignia look. Um, I think it looks great. I think that was one of the major wins of the rebrand was the the note kind of being thickened up a little bit. And it just looks like a more recognizable kind of icon look um, or an iconic logo look that they could run with for a long time. It looks great on a hat, great on a, a shirt. Um, obviously, they're still using it on our association jersey, which to that point, I was wanted to bring that up. I don't think they think there's another team in the league that has like a logo or just a logo and a number for their association jersey. If you go look at the rest of the league and you can look at all of them, they all either have their their city name or their team name. And we kind of went a different direction with our association edition. And we decided to put the note with the number underneath. And we've seen that in the past with other jerseys, but they were always like statement editions or, or uh, earned editions. And so I thought that was another way that the Jazz are kind of saying like, hey, we don't want to follow the rules that Nike is setting for us. We want to do our own thing. We want to just be our own brand. And we're going to kind of be a little bit rogue with, uh, with our design. So that's kind of the vibe that I got from that. All right, man, let's kind of get toward the end of this interview here. Let's just wrap it up. I just wanted to ask you, so obviously neither one of us are fans of the yellow Jersey. We've said that. So it is what it is with that. Let's talk about just the other two for not, we're not going to talk about the mountain Jersey because that we know how great that is. Now the white one, like you were just talking about with the note there, do you love it? Is it, would you buy that if you could, or would you prefer if you could make some changes to make it even better? What changes would you make to it? I guess is the question. Yeah, that is a good question. So I'm kind of looking at him here. I, I know exactly what I would do. And and for me, it has to do with co- color contrast. Okay, the white and then the, the highlighter yellow on the, the collar and then the sleeves, that doesn't make for good contrast. And so it's a little bit blinding um, and a little bit, you know, if you look at anything, and the reason why black and yellow work so good, like I mentioned before, it's because they, they contrast each other perfectly. So I would go in and I would probably add another little, you know, a little bit of, of maybe black uh, on that sleeve, maybe in between the white and the yellow to break that up, give it some good color contrast. Um, also with the side panels, you'll see on the side panels that it's kind of like a really light gray. It's like a bluish gray, which I don't really know how that color fits into this whole thing. It's just another color on the, on the color palette. Um, it also doesn't contrast very well with yellow. In fact, if you look at the highlighter yellow jerseys, you'll see on the side that, you know, it's a, there's like a gray, bluish gray, you know, accent piece on the side panel. Uh, I don't really think it belongs very well. It doesn't feel like it fits aesthetically to me. Um, But as far as the white one, I know we want to focus on that. I thought the Utah on the waistband is pretty cool. Um, I would just add some, some contrast, like I said, on, on the, uh, the collar and the sleeves. Yeah. So I actually, I actually don't mind the white one. I actually thought if I was to buy any of them, I would probably actually want that one because I like white. And I thought the black with it was pretty nice looking. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I do wish with the with the note on there that I don't know 
how you can do it, but it feels like there should be something better on there to help it pop. It just seems very bland. Like, I don't know if it maybe needs like a shadow thing behind it to help it pop more or something. It just feels like there was something little more they could have done to it. But the thing that will always make me not buy it, like you had mentioned, is the yellow around the edge there. I mean, that just looks terrible to me. I don't, I guess maybe they thought, well, we have this as part of our color. We got to do something with it. So put it there. To me, I would have just put the black on there. If they had put the black on there, that probably would have looked way better. Um, But yeah, I mean, it just, and that's my feeling about this whole rebrand is like, I'm all, I I can see where they're going with it and I'm cool with it. But then you made this really wrong mistake there and I'm not buying like I'm not I me myself. I buy tons of jazz stuff every season. My wife can tell you she's like, please don't spend another two grand on merch this year with stuff. I'm like, I can't help it. But this 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 might be the one season where I can help it. Like I've gone to a few games and I've gone in the team store and I have my card ready. I want to buy something and I walk out empty handed and I can say I that's kind of very unusual for me. I don't know. Um, I think you're not alone in that. I think there's a lot of fans that, you know, and I know there's a few fans on Twitter that, that are pretty loud and, and uh, forward with their opinions that, Hey, this is an amazing rebrand. And that's cool. That's the great thing about this stuff. I and mean, it's all very personal and it's, you know, it's subjective, whatever you like. And I do think though, being someone that kind of, I feel like I have a pretty good pulse on the entire, maybe not the entire fan base, but a good portion of the fan base that's on Twitter most of them just don't like it. And I know around the league, people don't like it either. So um, I don't know if this is going to be a really strong season for jersey sales for the team. Yeah, I I can imagine they're definitely trying to hurry and get the mountain jerseys in the store. But all the other ones are like, nah, it's fine. Whatever. Take your time getting them here. Um, yeah. Go and ahead. to that point with the mountain jerseys, I, I love them. I think they, you know, they're iconic. But I'm also in the same camp of I don't want to see them 30 or 40 times in a season. I'd love to see them only maybe 10 to 15 times and have it be a special event kind of night, you know, where you put them out in court, you know, they were in the mountain jerseys, maybe it's against a rival or a big game. That to me would be a little bit more exciting than just like, Oh, this is our only good Jersey. We're going to wear it. It was definitely, it was definitely really interesting that they chose that as the first Jersey of the season. I remember when that came out with the thing, I was like, Whoa, they're coming out with that as the number one. Okay. I guess they're in no big hurry to show us the new court and the jerseys for the first game. But well, they're wearing it 18 times this year um, in compared to like the black statement edition 27 times, the white 27, and then the, the highlighter yellow or spotlight yellow, as the team says, is only 10 times this year. Yeah. That tells you a, anything. Yeah. I mean, we're what, 10 games in. I've only seen them wear that once. And that's, who knows if that, when the next time we'll see that. But all right, let's go to the last question here and we'll do kind of the same thing that black jersey there. Um, I feel like most people I've talked to, they've said if they were going to buy a jersey, I guess they said they would go along with this. And I understand it because a lot of people like the black. You know, we all wear black. Black's kind of the hip color to wear. And they don't mind the yellow so much. I think everyone's main problem we've mentioned before here is just the size of the lettering on there. And the giant Utah just seems so lazy. And, of course, we've all said that. So I guess my question to you is what what change would you make to this to help maybe help sales go more? Yeah, I, I agree with you on the size of the font. Um, I mean, looking at it, it goes all the way down almost to the belly button of the jersey. And it if you're tucking it in and there's a number that's I mean, down by your waist, that just, to me, it doesn't look clean. But I know what they were trying to do. They were trying to be, like I said, they were trying to be different. They were trying to be unique in their approach. So I'll give them that. But I do think that the word mark Utah is pretty boring. I would love to see something a little bit more 
with a little bit more design to it. Um, you know, it doesn't have to have a gradient or anything like that, even if it's just a simple word mark, but just something that's just a little bit more than just a, a plain font and then size it down. And then, like I mentioned with the association jersey, I would go in and add, add some, some trim to it. And if you look at the jersey closely, there is trim. It's like a little bit of like a lighter shade of black. Um, if you zoom in and you, you can see it, but I would have gone and added a yellow a yellow trim piece there. I think that would have made it pop really well. Um, like I said, I'm not, you know, totally against black and yellow. Um, if we're gonna if we're gonna go this direction, because I think they go well together. But just the execution uh, was what was frustrating to me. Yeah, and you know, I've actually seen just speaking of sales of things. I don't know if you've seen this at all. I guess you're you're out of state, so maybe you don't see as much of Utah stuff, obviously. But I've actually seen quite a few people wearing like the hat almost like the NBA draft hat, which is kind of like, I think it was gray. And then it had just like said Utah and then a little bit of yellow on there. And it seems like a lot of people are kind of into more of that. Like, I really feel like people are not so against the colors. It's just like how they went about it with the designs where people are just like, this is lazy. Why am I going to spend $160 on a Jersey that just seems like a kid could. And that's obviously what we see a lot of times on Twitter and stuff. People just like, look, my kids is designing. So my kid's junior jazz jersey looks exactly like the one that I got to pay $160 for. So it's it's hard to sell a jersey for that price when when it looks the same as a junior jazz jersey. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And and if if uh, people have followed me on Twitter long enough, they know kind of where I stand on all this. Because I'll, I'll go in and I'll say, okay, this is what I would change. And then I'll do like a mock-up of, you know, whatever jersey that is. I think I did a mock-up a few weeks ago after their first game with the, the uh, association edition and you're right. I mean, it's just, they just are so simple, a little bit more design, a little bit more detail. And I think we really think they could have hit a home run with it. It'll be interesting to see uh, with the all-star game coming here. Do teams, are teams still, they're doing the thing where it's like West has a Jersey and the East does, right? They went back to that. No, they're not, they're not doing West versus East anymore. Right. I think, aren't they, aren't they uh, picking the teams? I think they have two. Oh, that's right. Sorry. That's how old school I am, but. But I mean, like, but they're not they wearing do, each they team. They do have two jerseys. Okay. Yeah, they're not wearing team jerseys anymore, which I think that'd be really cool. Um, would be really cool is if each team wore, like, a throwback jersey, or each player wore a throwback jersey from their team. Um, would be, I think that'd be a fun, fun all-star game. But think about it. It's all about jersey sales. It's all about, you know, the bottom line. And so they're trying to, trying to sell. And so they'll probably, they'll come up with all-star jerseys. I haven't seen those. I don't know what they're going to look like, but I, <laughs> If if history tells us anything, it'll tell us that they try and create the jerseys, you know, to be unique and different. You know, they have like a huge logo on the front. It'll all be in the same color, but they have maybe the team logo and just the number is smaller. Or I hope they don't try and, you know, mimic the jazz jerseys with the all-star jersey. I hope they go something completely different. You know, like an all purple, like a purple thing would be pretty cool leading into maybe the next season where we're going to go with more purple. I don't know, just a thought. My my gut says no, just based on that logos that we've seen from the All Star. I mean, the black and yellows all over those logos are right now. So I'm guessing it's true. That. It's true. So, um, all right. Well, let's wrap this up. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on the social medias? Yeah. So I try to keep myself pretty limited on social media. I'm I'm definitely on Twitter quite a bit. Um, so they can find me at Jazz Uni Tracker. Um, I'm also uh, on Instagram, but I'm not that active on Instagram. I think I'll I just post kind of my my uh the, the matchup of the you know the day if there's a game the game day matchup i guess 
Um, and it's at jazz uniform tracker on Instagram. So those two, um, you know, my DMs are always open. If people have suggestions for what jerseys they want to see, or maybe a different color scheme or a different direction, I'm always looking for, for ways to, to kind of, you know, grow the fan base uh, for the jazz. And I just feel like to me, I'm a fan, you know, and, and to me talking about uniforms and things like that is fun and it helps enhance my fan experience. And so that's kind of my, my hope with the page is just hopefully people enjoy what I do. And a lot of people don't, a lot of people say, Hey, I'm tired of talking about uniforms and that's okay. You know, everyone can fan how they want to fan. So I, uh, I appreciate you having me on today, man. It's, uh, it's been fun. I hope the jazz continue to win. I'm not uh, in the tank uh, crowd as much as I see the, the Victor Wimbanyama highlights and drool over them. Eyes I, on the uh, prize. Eyes on the prize. Yeah. We're trying <laughs> to win. And, and, uh, it looks like they put together a pretty good squad for now. Uh, it looks like they're gelling pretty good. So, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I'm still, I don't know. I'm in an awkward spot with that because I, uh, I, that's, well, I say eyes on the prize every time. That's what I post when they is a Victor highlight. I always say hashtag eyes on the prize. Cause I, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to say too much. Cause I do, you know, my name on the thing says jazz nation. So I represent a fan base there. So I'm glad the team's winning but I also am not going to put my foot too hard in the expectations that some people are going crazy about here. I'm still, I'm going to hold back, especially this month. They got, they got November is going to be a good, good test for them. Their schedule coming up is really rough. So we shall see. So, uh, and we'll see, we shall see who's on the team still when the all-star game even comes around. So yeah, that's who, right. Who knows? But uh, go jazz. Appreciate you being on the podcast here with us. Absolutely. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, make sure you guys go follow him on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right. I said I'd come back, and I am back here to give an update. The Jazz and Clippers game is now officially over, and somehow the Jazz went into L.A. and are leaving L.A. victorious in both games. The Jazz get the win tonight over the Clippers. Final score, 110-102. to 102. Uh, The Jazz are led by... Jordan Clarkson with 23 points, but right behind him with 22 points was Colin Sexton. Colin Sexton actually finished the game instead of Clarkson. It was kind of crazy, but he was just rolling, so coach let him roll on. Uh, Laurie Marketing finished with 18 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. Another good game for Mike Conley, who finished with 17 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. Um, so the Jazz just keep on winning. They are rolling. Next game up tomorrow night. They are back home to take on the Lakers. So they just uh, beat the Lakers in L.A. So we'll see if the Lakers can uh, look for some revenge against the Jazz. But the Lakers also played today. It's crazy. The Lakers also played today in Los Angeles at the same arena, playing Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. So it was kind of a crazy situation if you thought about it. There, uh, the weird thing going on there at the Not Staples Center whatever it's called now, fakemoneyarena.com. All right, well, that's what they finish up on this week's podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you are telling all your friends and family to listen to the podcast. Make sure you are giving some thumbs up, subscribing, reviewing, all those good things that come along with listening to a podcast. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and bye-bye.